Well, welcome everyone to another Celebrating Life teleclass, and I have two very special guests tonight. Number one, Reverend Karim Terrell, <laughs> and also to be ordained, Jeff Olson. Well, welcome both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Padre. <laughs> See if I can remember <laughs> what God wants me to talk about tonight. But we're going to be talking about tonight is new beginnings. And that's a big subject if you really want to dive into it. And both my guests and I will do that. And, but it's, it's exciting because every day we give birth to our life, our prayer, our, the air we breathe, the new opportunities of how God can bless us and we be a blessing to others. So from that content, you know, let's just dive in tonight. But I love, like all teleclassers, Zooms or retreats, I love to always start out with prayer. So if I could ask Reverend Miriam if she could offer prayer this evening. Yes, thank you. Holy Spirit, everlasting presence, be with us right now. Be in us. Come, friend. Come, beloved. Come, teacher. Our hearts yearn to blossom, to live in expansion. Our minds will not understand this yearning. So bless and heal the struggle and conflict we create. Give us the gift of deepest acceptance, to embrace all that we are. Give us the strength to stay in the mystery, to stay present in the unknown. We are your children, ready to awaken, ready to love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Ready to listen, ready to love. Beautiful qualities that I think each of us hold dear when we can call it tap into that or recognize it or become aware of. Jeff, what is your concept? What is... What do you, when the invitation came for you to present with Reverend Miriam, the topic would be new awakening. So what did that first cause you to think about? Well, my first response was, okay, what what do I mean? What kind of meaning do I give to awakening? I guess it, it starts out with awakening from the dream of separation and ego and scarcity and awakening to the oneness with all creation and all people. And then it's okay. I'm asking myself, what does that mean to me? And it means that that we see ourselves as God sees us, for one, when, when we're in an awakened state. And it means that we see others as God sees them. And then, for me, it, it started getting interesting. It's sort of like, okay, what, how do, what does that effect does that really have? And I'm realizing, if I see myself as God sees me, it changes everything. It, mm-hmm. I'm just imagining a, a whole new level of uh, lightness and freedom and, and playfulness, not worrying about who I am or how I stack up because I'm fully accepted. Those are beautiful concepts, so Jeff, that you contemplated, and I'm sure we're going to hear more about this evening, but the, the new awakening to me happens, it's an everyday thing. I would think if we wake up, <laughs> literally, in the body, but also in the spirit, that we do have every opportunity of starting new. To me, it's a delight to share on this topic, because I think it's, Everybody wants to know or have another idea of what that might that concept might be. So, Miriam, what is, when that topic was presented to you, 
what first came to your mind? For me, I felt what you were saying, Padre, in terms of it's like an everyday experience and an everyday process. One of the things that I'm just realizing more and more for myself is how just how much it is the mind is like they're, you know, creating this beautiful oasis of traps always. <laughs> and uh, and um, and so that's kind of what I've been really sitting with is just going beyond the mind and really accessing the heart and what is really present in a more, I would say, stillness movement space where it doesn't necessarily have to be silence, but it's still accessing that flow and that grace in the movement as stillness. Mm. Well, Miriam, let's run with that. You mentioned something about the traps. What what does that look like or what do you mean by that? Oh, traps? Well, the mind is quite efficient at getting us to be caught in superficial getting and us in or, trouble. <laughs> yeah, like it helps it keeps us in a place where we're not always our most expansive self. And <laughs> very well said. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and and it's like once we can ex- accept that, like really start understanding that and accept that. This is what I've been really understanding for myself is that once I, you know, it's not about fighting it or pushing it away or creating a tool to use to get out of it. It's more of just accepting that that's the reality. Like this is the way things are right now. You know, the mind is strong and it has a pull and it has a history. It has karma. Mm. There's a lot of things that go with it. And the more I can realize that that is just reality of where it is and stop trying to be somewhere other than what what is, then mm. I actually have much more peace and relaxation that comes into me. And I'm able to access a new awakening, a new beginning from that space. Yeah. Wow. But if I'm not I'm, I'm in gonna... that space, then I don't feel that. Go on. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask another question to you and then I'll, I'll go to Jeff. Give me an example of that in your life. And I, you can make something up. You don't have to be <laughs> your own uh, to put you in a box, so to speak. But for me, it's like, okay, if I overreact to something, then that's being trapped. When it's like in the mind tries to figure things out instead of just surrendering, oh, that's me. I'll apologize and then move on. What example would you give for that? For me, one of the areas that I'm continually growing and, you know, hitting an edge, that's how I kind of phrase it, is an edge where of growth for myself is, is always in my work environment. And so okay. I find that doing practical things like writing grants and dealing with county-level conversations that are pretty intense mm. and holding the space in that especially with everything going on in the world with COVID and vaccines and businesses and everything. I find that I have a a tendency to go small where I'm not holding my fullest potential of my limitless self. Mm, And then when I'm in that space, I get focused on trying to figure out some solution or some process. And, and then, and so that's kind of like a trap for me is like, I get completely, I literally get contracted, like literally being caught in the trap in some level energetically. And I have to recognize that that's happening. Like, like this last week, writing a grant has just brought up a lot of stuff for me. Anytime I'm asking for funding, like, you know, 50,000, 30,000, 100,000, whatever. I'm always, it always brings up, um, (laughs) it always brings up stuff for me to clear mm. and so so anyways this last week I had to really be aware of that because otherwise I would spend hours spinning my wheels not actually doing anything that I needed to do because I'd be stuck mm. in sure a pattern of thinking or a pattern of doing that wasn't helping the flow either that's a beautiful example because everybody can relate to something at work or at home that we do get stuck in or traps us, as you said, 
And it's like, but, but we can rise above it and just say, oh, there I go again, or there goes the mind again. Then it helps us to alleviate the pain, the suffering, and bring back the spirit with it. Beautiful example of that, Miriam. Jeff, I know you talked about in the beginning about awakening from the dream or awakening from. What does that, or can you give me some examples of what that means to you? Well, unfortunately, I can give you all too many examples. (laughs) (laughs) This has been my friend. Oh, boy. Well, the biggest example for me this last week was that I sold a small apartment building on Friday, just this last Friday. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. But the two weeks before I sold it, almost all the time, I was in a state of high anxiety. (laughs) And all sorts of things just seemed not to go right at all. All sorts of roadblocks were coming up. And and, I was... I was stuck in telling myself, you know, it's like, well, how do I get out? Sure. You know, where do I find equanimity? Where do I, where do I find the, the peace of, the, of God and all this? And it was almost like too big a jump at first. But on mm. Friday morning, as another roadblock arose for the closing <laughs> that was supposed to take place in the afternoon, I okay. somehow switched. And it was like, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, this is beyond my control. I can, I've got a couple more things I can do that might help do something, but it, it switched. And, and my attitude, oh, there was just a level of, of peace and comfort with whatever happened, even in the mm. worst-case situation I could imagine. And, yeah. You know, all of a sudden, it was like 55 minutes before the closing was to happen, and my attorney was saying that it was going to, uh, he was going to have to cancel and shut it down. Uh, all really? of a sudden, an email came in from an underling in the zoning department with a letter saying, hey, the zoning, here's the zoning certificate I think you want. Ah. <laughs> uh. And all of a sudden, the sale was back on again. It was a little miracle. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, other traps that but, I can get in real easily, I'm real comfortable. I won't say comfortable. I'm familiar, real familiar with depression. <laughs> we better not say comfortable. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm familiar with depression and, and uh, watching too much TV, and those are some of my mm. escapes. And that where my head can be spinning around and and I can't really get to the heart level that Miriam you were talking about, but I think in your prayer, Miriam, when you're talking about the gift of deepest acceptance, it's just like boy, that's what resonates with me. To the extent I can get that is just major. That can change everything. And it's a beautiful place to be. I know we all have reset at a point, you know, maybe daily, maybe monthly, or maybe not at all. But there's that acceptance is a a crucial bridge to tap into the divine. For me, when this subject came up about new awakening, I always go back to God. I always go back to the spirit. And scripture says, become born again, you know, of water, of fire. So there's many opportunities of expressions of the divine. So for me, if I'm looking for a new awakening, a new beginning, it begins with God because he's my source. Yeshua is my source. The divine is my source. So to me, that's why I have a daily practice of that in order to set my day complete in a sense. And I remember on Saturday, uh, I had a full day. I had so much going on since I was creating this party, this cookout, and really nothing was done. And it's like, so I remember my opening prayer, God help, you know, number one. And then I said, God, I set all my desires on the table, the altar. Do what you will with that. If I get done what I need to get done, and if I don't, I'm just going to surrender that. I didn't know it would take the 2 o'clock in the morning to get it all done, 
but I was willing at each expression or at least one job was done and then I go to the next. But there always would be a presence, a power, a driving force. Let's put it that way. Oh, I can do that now. Oh, I can do that now. And so you I called it a night at 2 o'clock and I says, pardon me? So you weren't, weren't overwhelmed by it? You just kind of let it come to you? Yes. Otherwise, myself would have been, oh, I need to do that now in fear and the depression. Uh, again, yeah. I want to look good because I'm hosting this party. So cleaning the house, doing the grass, the flowers, the weeds, you know, it's all this stuff that comes up from the past for me. But yet God was directing my way. And it was the first time I really felt the whole day, not just part of my day, that he actually was leading in. And I was just so delighted by that because it really, there's a, so there's a flow, and I think, you know, as Marion would be talking about, recognizing our attachments of the mind and moving beyond that. Miriam, what do you say about the importance of acceptance, and, and what does that mean for you? It's actually been a really important exploration that I've been in in the last few months. Like my, my guidance has given me a practice to write every day as part of my um, new awakening connection so I can tap into bigger space and channel from that space whatever comes through. And part of that process has been really just sitting with questions and not necessarily seeking the answer right away, but allowing whatever wisdom arises to arise through the experience of sitting in the question. There's a couple of things that I wrote recently that were about, about acceptance that were really important for me and has been sort of a anchor in these last couple months. The one of it is acceptance is the solvent that dissolves attachment. Without acceptance, oh. I love you does not exist. And Interesting. what that really has shown me, because Often, whenever I've had things come up, I might, in the past, I've, I've tried to love it. I thought that was acceptance. It was like <laughs> well, yeah. trying to love it. Yeah. And I realized that when I have been tapping into the field of Yeshua or the, the Christ consciousness, that there's such a much bigger expansive field of acceptance that is really beyond words that is so healing and it instantly releases like the blocks and the constraints that are in my space. And mm. it allows me to anchor in a whole other level of awareness around accepting what is. And once I have that in my space, then I can genuinely say, I love you to myself or to the situation, mm. you know, I love it, you know, but I can't access that love space until I've really allowed that acceptance vibrational frequency to, to anchor in to my whole being. And I, and I think part of that, what I've, what I've been realizing for myself is this other little bit that I wrote was everything is internal. Once you stop running from you, life becomes beautiful. Beauty doesn't mean ecstatic joy. Beauty means acceptance, okayness. Once you can truly be okay, the hologram changes and strength has a new meaning. Wow. And so that, that's no. kind of what I've been accessing more is that new strength in me. It's like, mm -hmm. it's almost like I'm reconfiguring my whole being to align to a deeper strength that is in me, that's not dependent externally, that is yeah. only within me and, of course, within God, right? Um, right, right. So it's, it's you know, been even the really physical, The physical or the people around you, let's use that term. I'm going to ask a, a direct question and don't fall off your chair. <laughs> we all including myself in that, is had times or maybe still do argue. Argue with the person, argue with what is written down, 
what the television is saying, whatever it is that we react. But this process of acceptance, have you found that you catch yourself or the spirit catches you and reminds you, no, we can't react that way anymore? What does that picture look to you now with that new concept about acceptance of what is? Yeah, I, what I what I find too is it when I with the acceptance, it helps my whole body relax, and mm. I can then draw in energy. Like what I've realized is a lot of times when I've called upon energy to come into me, I've actually brought it from the the heavens down, like the cosmos, the universe down mm. into me. And what I've been realizing is I haven't been bringing it up from the earth into me, and that is something I've been practicing. So when I have the acceptance space for me, I can actually access the energy easier from the earth to bring it into me. And then my body is actually more grounded and I, my nervous system is more grounded, which means that I then am able to respond very differently. Like I'm able to catch myself before I am so quick because that's something I, a pattern I feel (laughs) that I'm, I'm working on still is like, Right. pausing before saying reacting <laughs> like yeah. having that right. moment of pause before you actually say something yeah. or do something and I've gotten a lot better at doing that with emails but when I'm in a face-to-face or a phone interaction sometimes I don't do that so eloquently right. and um <laughs> and so yeah that, I would say that's Using where, good words uh, <laughs> yeah but I love that. I think we become real or, in another sense, um, authentic. Let's use that term. And before, we would just react of our old self instead of allowing the new self to come forth, which you just described. That's beautiful, Miriam. Jeff, you talked about awakening from the dream of the universe that there is not enough. There's not enough love. There's not enough money. There's not enough resources not enough safety from your transformation, you have to use that term, and entering to this new space, you can awaken to what now? Well, awaken to awaken to the bounty of the universe. Awaken mm. to the realization that I am a child of God and God knows me and cares for me. Awaken and not and not just awaken awaken to other people. So often I just get uh, you know go through some of the routines of life, whether it's shopping or who knows what you know. Yeah. Interact so easily with a store clerk or a grocery store checkout clerk as as a clerk without really seeing them as a person. Mm. Being able to kind of see beyond what other people are presenting themselves as I think is pretty important. And, and Padre, some of your stories really show where you have done that in some really wonderful ways. I know, I think it was in a spring retreat when you talked about the neighbor across the street who wouldn't acknowledge your wave. Um, yeah, how dare him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My perception. Well, you know, you want to tell that, um, that story again, Padre. I can share that story. That's not a problem. But I kind of I look back on that, and, and it's still rich for me. Yeah. Even today, twice my neighbor waved at me. I've been in this house 38 years, something like that, and for those 37 years, whenever he has to pass my house to go to the road in town or whatever. So neighbors always wave and I'm always waving and he would see me and he'd turn his head the other way. And it's like, what did I do? I'm the new neighbor. You're the old neighbor. I guess he's not friendly, but I've never had a person like that ever do that. And for that many years, and I remember going to one of the church services, we had 21 days of prayers early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. And Every morning, a new presenter would present a topic to pray for. And this time, this one woman uh, said, we're going to pray for our enemies today. I said, oh, <laughs> I don't have time for that. 
it's all about me, you know, my needs. And so she says, think about somebody, and of course, my neighbor pops up. Like, and I don't want to say he's my neighbor. He just, I'm not, I don't want to say he's my enemy, but yet he doesn't acknowledge me. So I could call him an enemy. He just was, <laughs> he was what it was. Well, anyway, so my prayer time was for him. Whether it was, you know, change his heart, you know, bless him, Lord, make him feel happy and loved, all those things. And this past summer then, uh, last summer, we had a derecho with this huge wind that came through and knocked down so many trees. And it, so I had two trees down in my yard, and he happened to walk the, the neighborhood seeing damage for all the trees. And he actually came up to me, and he goes, hey, he says, I got a saw. I'll help you cut down your tree. And I go, you will? Oh, well, thank you. And it's like he was the friendliest person. And since that day, he's been my best friend. And it's like, what's the common denominator? You know, we could look at, as Miriam says, the acceptance. In my prayer, I just wanted God to bless him. And I've never had a conversation with, hey, how come you didn't like me? Or, you know, now that's all my stuff <laughs> coming up. But I took it as value. And it's a great story because there's a providence of God. There's one who knows a desire and probably maybe he was praying for me. I don't know. But there's a connection in the spirit. And to me, that's new awakenings. And now I can say my whole neighborhood loves me again. So complete. And if they don't, we miss the mark. <laughs> but I can accept that and move forward. But Jeff, I think you even have a story about Burger King situation. Yeah, yeah it's one of these things where... You get behind the roles we play. It was just a customer going to stopping at Burger King, and this was before the pandemic. Veggie, veggie burger that's called the Impossible Burger was being sold and was there for a while, but I decided to stop and get one. So I'm inside the, the restaurant, and the guy next to me was ordering a burger, and then it was my turn, and so I ordered my Impossible Burger, and this other guy really took the initiative. He was just saying, wow, that Impossible Burger, is that the veggie one? Have you had it before? Does it taste good? You know, <laughs> what's it like? And yeah. uh, so we had a conversation going, and then he said, well, how much does it cost? The clerk behind the counter said, well, it's $6.50 plus tax. And he just said, oh, boy. Well, someday I'd like to try one. <laughs> And then his uh, his burger came, and he started walking out the back. There was a, it was a big place, and he's walking out the back. And all of a sudden, it's like I woke up. It's like, oh, this is an opportunity, Jeff. <laughs> and I did yeah. something that was very uncharacteristic of me, but I yelled across the restaurant, hey. <laughs> wow. And he stopped and looked, and I yelled out across the restaurant again. It's like, you want an Impossible Burger now? <laughs> and he looked at me like I was a little crazy, and I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> but he took a couple of steps toward me, and I took a couple of steps toward him, and I said, come over here. Let me treat you. <laughs> and wow. uh, so I turned to the the clerk and said, hey, Give me another one. Give us another one. So he, we got an impossible burger. We walked out together, and he just, he was so excited. He was so excited. Mm. It was just a pleasure to be with him. And, it was in and the he moment. said, boy, you really mm -hmm. made my day. <laughs> and it's like, no, wow. no, no. Boy, he made my day. In fact, the story, I want to, I find myself wanting to retell it. Just to remind myself, it's like, hey, you can get behind what the way people are presenting themselves and mm -hmm. really see them for who they are. Because he was genuine, said, well, I wish I could afford it or not now. You know, you could sense the lack that was there. He had an opportunity to meet the need. It took a little while for the awakening, but it happened. And then you responded. Yeah. Now, you could have got very bashful or embarrassed. It's like, oh, I missed the mark again. 
but it, like Miriam says, just the acceptance of, oh my gosh, I could have done something. I can still do it because he's there. So that's in the moment. Yeah. What a beautiful story that is, Jock. Well, it, it was big for me. But I love, I love these examples that other. I mean, this wasn't something I initiated. He he was the he was the saint. He was the one that initiated <laughs> this conversation. I was the recipient. It's like. He reminded me who I was, and I'm thankful for And that's a good beginning because who are we? We're a child of God, beloved son, beloved daughter, however we want to see that. But it really starts with that connection to me in the morning to start your day off with God. And then hopefully that residue, that spirit will carry us through or remind us when we do, quote, miss a mark. We don't have to condemn ourselves. We're just aware. And then that energy is right back to serve humanity, which I think is such a great example that you just gave. Miriam, do you have a a story or an example that would kind of fit in this paradigm? Yeah, I mean, throughout this last year in the pandemic, my organization has served more businesses than we normally do in a three-year period. In last oh, wow. quarter, January through March, we served 496 businesses, which is more than we do in a year. And oh my gosh, what, somebody was working overtime. Yeah, what? Thankfully, I have an amazing team. <laughs> sure. But what I've realized is through this, you know, sometimes the smallest thing can make a huge difference for somebody. And you don't even—I mm. didn't even—I wouldn't even know that I was doing something but it really had a profound impact. And, you know, anytime I would send a blast out, anytime I would communicate to clients about all of the funding options or anything going on or shelter in place or whatever it was, I really intended that there was a healing energy that went with it. And I often would hear, you know, I felt like I always got like some feedback to let me know that that intention was active. And it was working and that we, you know, and I think this is just for all of us, you know, how important prayer is and how important us being those anchors of light and that anchor of hope for others is so important, especially when everything in the external is uh, in conflict Mm. or in intensity. And so, yeah, I like there was one one time I sent a blast, you know, there was a few new funding options that were local just for Bay Area, and it was only supporting minority-owned businesses. And I wanted to make sure that people knew about it, so I was spreading the word out in our our network into my clients, other people. And then I got a – three weeks later, I got a phone call as a blue from somebody I didn't know that um, was in our network, connected in our network somehow – and left me a beautiful message thanking me because from that email, two businesses were able to get funded that were wow. like dear to her and supported her. Oh. And it was so humbling to just see the power of that flow and how mm. God works. Like, I don't know how this is going out. Like, when we send our prayers we don't know, right? We don't know what there you go. the divine plan is for every person involved. Yeah. But there is a plan and it's working. There's a flow. And mm. so when I get those confirmations in life, whether it's somebody in the store like you, Jeff, or a neighbor like you, Padre, just reminders to me of how loved we are and how held we mm. are and that all we have to do is say yes to that love. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. that's like the only piece that's our part is to accept that and say yes to it. And that is what I find is so beautiful in how everything is designed, orchestrated. Yeah, you brought up a beautiful um, connection for me and probably the listeners also. You talked about we don't know how our prayers are answered, maybe sometime, but we're always, I call it, commanded or invited to pray. And we have a, a list, and thank you for everyone who's been on our prayer list, pray daily for all these needs. So continue to pour your intentions 
to our community so we can support you in that way. But, you know, when I'm praying, whether it's out loud for people or emails or intention like that, I will put out that prayer request. And sometimes it's like in my spirit, I don't know if it's going to be answered. Sometimes we're asking the wrong prayer. (laughs) You might know the person, but it's like that's not really a need you have, but you just want it, period. And you kind of know in the spirit. And other times I'm just neutral. And I remember Ron Roth always says, pray neutral prayers. And it's just like, what does he mean by that? I mean, I, I don't I don't want to be neutral. You know, I, I want to be alive. But a, a neutral meaning, it's up to God to do that. You put the request to God and then you let it go. Because it's in that void. It's in that awareness of that uncontrol, in a sense, that we just place our prayer petitions on the altar. And then we once we're done, we walk away. Now it's up to God. So it's in that empty place, in a sense. I call it a void, but it's before God spoke, it says world was void. And so he spoke into the void. We put our intention in the void. So, But I love that, Miriam, how you describe that, because we can sometimes get very controlling in what we want, how we want to pray, how the prayer is answered. But when we just allow God's grace, put the petition out there and then let it go. That's a beautiful characteristic of, to me, answered prayer. So, Jeff, do you, is that how you pray? Sometimes the best I can do is to do nothing. Sometimes Mm. when I'm really in a state of high anxiety about something or another, prayer is almost too big a jump for me all at once. Okay. So sometimes just, if I can just kind of sit back and say, okay, this this too will pass. Yes, I notice I'm really anxious right now, and I'm not going to force myself to try to change it. Um, mm. I guess that's kind of a prayer right there. That reflection on what Miriam talked about is acceptance. You accept your ability to pray or not to pray at the time. Again, yeah. honoring what's going on which yeah. means letting go, that is a prayer. Maybe some God says, don't pray, let me do the work. Because <laughs> sometimes in our prayer, we kind of direct it in the wrong energy because of fear. So, yeah. But to acknowledge that. I think that's really built on your relationship with God, my relationship with God, our relationship. And it's how we foster that. Because I can trust in my own prayers in the morning. I have my ritual, I have my good habits in a sense that I place myself on God's altar and say, do what you will, but I will follow those Holy Spirit's whispers. So it's in that confidence when I do have strife or challenges, I can return back to that place and say, well, I made a commitment this morning for this, you know, now it's on you. And so then I wait for the answer, the direction, whatever that might be. You have, a, I think, a story about... Uh, I think that was a story that Paul Farino mentioned once. I think that really fits in this category tonight. Yeah, I'd love to read this. It's it's sort of a poem, not exactly. It's kind of written as if from the divine. And it relates to awakenings in one way because we're seeing... A beggar, in this case, as God sees him, not as I might see him. So, if you see a beggar, do not be taken in. Ask him instead, why are you standing here begging on the street corner, O great one? Let him know that you see who he really is. Look into his eyes and see his divinity with your own. And then ask him how you can be of help. You see, powerlessness is a great disguise. Look behind the veil and say, I remember you, brother. Do not just give the beggar money and walk on without acknowledging him. If you wish to give him money, do so. But do not pass by without acknowledging him. For it is not money he needs, but your love, your blessing, your acknowledgement. You are not here to fix his life, but to honor him. 
If you can do this for him, I will do the same for you. For I'm not here to fix you, but to call you to yourself. Can you hear? I am speaking to you the same words you said to him. I remember you, brother. I remember who you are. Mm. Beautiful. This yeah. open our eyes to see clearly from past experiences. Whenever I see people looking for money, you know, whatever that is, and we don't see it that often in our area, you know, traveling to the cities because we're I'm more rural. But I do give, and I always remember Ron Ross and people says, well, they're on drugs or they're an alcoholic and they're only going to spend it on that and he goes, it doesn't matter. You're, you're allowing God to bless them. And from my experience, most of the time, the recipient would say, well, God bless you. You know, so there's that inner knowing of God in each other. And, and, and other, sometimes our brains or our minds can interpret what we think or not think that is. But if, again, if we're going to a place of acceptance, if you have something, Jesus says, give it away. It's precious because it's just it's energy. It's faith going out there into that place of, I call it oneness, love, opportunities. So, And since we're talking about prayer and seeing what God sees, I think this would be a beautiful time of prayer. Unless, Miriam, do you have anything else to add before we do pray? So, I mean, it kind of connects to what you were just saying about the void and prayer. This is something that also came to me, but I think it's a good way of opening up the channel for prayer. The seed of potentiality is the greatest power hidden. One can only access it through absorption or dissolution into nothingness. This is why it is said the power is within you. And I, what I see with that is accessing that void or stillness, nothing space as a way of letting go and accepting and allowing the prayer or the energy to flow in the way that it needs to flow. I love that. That's a beautiful piece to hold on to as we enter to this portal called prayer. Jeff, why don't you start us off with prayer, then Miriam can follow, and then I'll also follow you too. And again, it's for everyone involved on this call or your own prayer requests can join ours tonight as we go deeper in, into that space called the altar of God. Well, let us find a comfortable position. Mother, Father, God, Divine Spirit, Breath of Life, You of many names, we are thankful for this time, this evening that we've had here with you and with each other. We are bringers of love and acceptance. We awaken to accept ourselves as we are right now. We awaken to see in our family a reflection of God. We awaken to see in our neighbor across the street a reflection of God. We awaken to see our neighbor across the world a reflection of God. We awaken to see in our adversaries a reflection of God. And in this week with the news and the headlines about the Palestinians and Israelis, we can awaken to see them all, to see us all as a reflection of God. As we stand on the edge of great transformation, I say yes to the journey before me and step forward into the unknown. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying for our enemies, or our neighbors, or our families. That was beautifully done, Jeffrey. How about you, Mm -hmm. Miriam? Each one of us is a precious jewel. Each one of us is a bountiful space of love and grace. Let us all attune our senses to our inner flame, that place within us that has more wisdom 
more access to expansion, to the infinite, to the unknown, to the mystery. May each of our hearts awaken and flower and each of our bodies receive the nourishment and the calmness that helps us do our work in this world. As we allow this dewdrop of presence, this radiance to illuminate inside us from the inside out, let each of us bring that to someone in this world. It may not be someone we know. We can just intend that this energy flows to whomever it is needed, whichever heart is needing to open, whichever body is needing to relax, whichever governmental system or political party or business or hospital needs an extra dose an extra fragrance of God. Thank you all the beloved angels and teachers and guides and doctors, spiritual doctors that are supporting all of us, the whole evolution of this universe. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for praying for the world at hand and all the worker bees, so to speak, that um, make this world go round and round serving one another. You know, specifically tonight, I want to pray for, say, our enemies, and I want to break that down. You know, maybe we had an old friend and, you know, we lost contact or lost communication with or because of strife or fear or anger, it was broken off. That tree of life, you know, I know Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And it says that he trims the branches. And sometimes that means in relationships we're being cut off, we're being let go of. And sometimes there's a lot of pain with that. So I really sense on this call, we're just offering that up now as a put that on the altar of God. Because sometimes it's so painful to deal with. But God wants to rectify that. Because once we put our petitions on the altar, then the fire begins. And the fire begins to burn, to cleanse, and then renew, starting a new seed. And then it comes forth. So I don't know who that is on this call, but I really sense you put your, your prayer request on the altar of God tonight. Any relationships you have that need help whether it's you or the other person, it doesn't matter. Put them both, you know, because we all get cleansed by the refiner's fire. But also just the need out there of just to feel safe in our own homes, safe in our own bodies, safe in the environment, you know, with the pandemic. There's so many reasons that we kind of protect ourselves, but God is our protector. God is our source of all life. And if we go into that place of God, that place of wonder, that place of strength, then that his, her embrace of the divine brother, divine sister, we're all in that one, oneness of God. So let's just see ourselves being held by the divine. And whatever image that is for you, that you are loved that you are loved, that you are loved. This is the message tonight of new awakenings, new beginnings. We can be kissed by the divine. We can be held in such a strong embrace that miracles begin to break out in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in this world. You know, maybe a song that comes to your mind right now of just, not called the good old days, but 
Maybe it's a worship song, a praise song that you just feel uplifted, that you're so close to the divine. Let that musical instrument that the angels are playing now remind you of how much you are loved. Thank you, God, for the healing of all relationships, past, present, and our beautiful when we enter into the veil, above the veil, where we're all one. So anyone who has any illness, dis-ease in our bodies and in our relationships, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite that heavenly blessing, her love, our love, are one and the same. So let the burning that burning fire begin to burn away any dis-ease, disease in your body. And let the powerful potential of the mercies of God, the miracles of God, become your breastplate that you wear, that you love, that you honor the very presence of Yeshua and all the saints. We sense their activity now, beginning to work on the bodies. You might feel a heat, a warmth, a wind, a fragrance that is filling the room. It's the heavenly host honoring who you are. So let that beloved love on you. And let that expectation of creating miracles to go forth this week. Multiply, multiply these miracles. Let it step into heaven here on earth as we allow those new awakenings, new beginnings to happen in your life and in my life. So I bless each of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.